0: Welcome once again to According to the Scriptures, where doing things according to God's Word is of eternal importance to us. I'm Kyle Webb, your host. I'm glad that you are with us today. Today we are continuing our study of First Corinthians chapter 14. Over the last several weeks we have been talking about uh, worship and how it is influenced by the world, influenced by our knowledge of things in the world and how sometimes we can bring more of the world into our worship. There are several things that are mentioned between First Corinthians chapter 11 and chapter 14. A lot of principles, a lot of things that we can take with us and, and apply to our own worship today to make sure that our worship is pleasing to God. See with the Corinthians, they were involved in idolatry and all kinds of other things. And, and sometimes those things that they were involved in outside of God crept into their worship of God. And that was one of the things that Paul wrote them in order to correct. We begin in chapter 11 with the traditional use of head coverings, head coverings being uh, the way that they would uh, fix their hair. Uh, sometimes they would make it elaborate. Elaborate. Um, They would make it something to uh, bring honor to them, to bring attention to them when our worship is to be bringing attention to God. Uh, So we recognize the, the principle here as not adorning ourselves in such a special way that we take attention away from God and bring it to ourselves. We also talked about the Lord's Supper, the institution of the Lord's Supper, and that we need to examine the way in which we partake of the Lord's Supper and make sure that we're not using it for a purpose that is not worthy of God. Uh, They were using it as, uh, in some ways, a, a common meal, just something that they do. They didn't recognize the great significance in remembering Jesus in their worship, and so they were taking away from what God wanted it to be. We come to chapter 12, and we talk about the, the different use of spiritual gifts and how they are to bring unity within the body rather than to divide. And sometimes we take the abilities that we have, and, and we make them into something that, uh, again, brings glory to me more so than to God. And anything that brings more glory to me than God is something that we should not have involved in our worship. But the different abilities that we have, we are individuals in the kingdom, and we do have individual things that we can do. But we are to use them to bring us together, not to divide us, not to say, I can do this and you can't, or even to look at it from the other perspective, and you can do this and I can't. So... I must not be as important to God as you are. Both of those are wrong ideas. We need to use our abilities, spiritual gifts, whatever we have in regard to worship. They should be used to bring us together. And even in our worship today, that's a principle that we can hold true to. And then you come to chapter 13 and we talk about love. It doesn't matter if you have the ability to perform these spiritual gifts or not. Um, If you use them for the wrong reason, if there's no love behind it, then your worship is in vain. And we understand that anything that we have the ability to do today, it can be done in vain if there's no love for our brethren behind it. And especially love for God is necessary as well. But particularly, uh, Paul is addressing our love for our brethren. Love never fails. There are things that they were able to do in spiritual gifts that would one day come to an end, that would one day cease to exist. The gifts of prophecy, speaking in tongues, special knowledge, all these things that were done with only a shadow of understanding of what was to come. That shadow has been removed. These things have been fully revealed, and we no longer have those things as necessary for our worship today so you won't see anyone that prophesies or you won't see anyone that has the ability to speak in tongues you won't see anyone that has a specially revealed message from god because all of those things have vanished away as was promised in first corinthians chapter 13 faith hope love abide the greatest of these is love. Make sure that we have a love for our brethren involved in our worship. Now, lastly, we came to chapter 14, and we talked about the, uh, the difference between uh, each person of the Godhead, and the reason that I did that is because it's important that we have an understanding of how the Godhead works in order to have an understanding of these spiritual gifts and how they were used. You see, these came through the power of the Spirit as an individual in the Godhead. We need to recognize in relation to that the responsibilities that are provided through the Father and the Son as well. We use the pattern that goes back to creation, that God is the designer, that the Son is the executor, so to speak. He is the one that... Executes God's plan. And the Spirit is the one that reveals it all to us and reveals God through creation. In, in that same respect, we look at the scheme of redemption, that God is the designer of that scheme, that the Son is the executor of that scheme, He's the one that puts it into place, uh, He is the one that, that puts it into action. He came to to earth. He died on a cross for our sins. He shed his blood for us so that we could be redeemed from our sins. And in so doing, he executes God's plan. He makes possible God's plan of redemption, of bringing us closer to him. Then you have the Spirit, who is the finisher of that plan. The Spirit was sent after the Son was resurrected and ascended into heaven. He promised that the Spirit would come. A great comforter would come, and the Spirit did come. And He is the one that guides us in our understanding of this plan, in uh, in knowing what we need to do in order to be saved from our sins. So the Spirit is the, 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 the finisher of that plan. The Spirit is the one that allows these spiritual gifts to be used in their time and place. And so with that understanding, we're going to look individually at the spiritual gifts, and we're going to look at the principles that are behind them that we can apply to our own worship today. First Corinthians chapter 14, I'm reading from the New King James Version, and we're going to begin reading at verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. But he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more, that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Verse 6, But now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you unless I speak to you either by revelation, by knowledge, by prophesying, or by teaching? Even things without life, whether flute or harp, when they make a sound, unless they make a distinction in the sounds, how will it be known what is piped or played? For if the trumpet makes an uncertain sound, who will prepare for battle? So likewise you, unless you utter by the tongue words easy to understand, how will it be known what is spoken? For you will be speaking into the air. There are, it may be, So many kinds of languages in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I do not know the meaning of the language, I shall be a foreigner to him who speaks, and he who speaks will be a foreigner to me. Even so you, since you are zealous of spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel." Now, let's fast-forward a little bit to verses 18 and 19. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. We need to edify the church. The things in which we do in our worship are done with edification in mind. If we are not edifying, then they are done in vain. Speaking in tongues was to be done with edification in mind. Otherwise, we're only speaking to God and only He can understand it. And these are actual tongues that we're talking about, actual languages that could be understood. But it's not gibberish or anything like that. But we need to make sure that um, our understanding here is edification. If these things are done, it doesn't matter how beautiful they are. It doesn't matter uh, how good they sound. There's no edification behind it. It shouldn't be done in worship. Worship is to be done with understanding, it is to be done in the Spirit, as we read in verses 15 through 17. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit. I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? For you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. Even giving of thanks, if it is not done uh, with understanding in mind, with edification in mind, it's done in vain. It's understood by God, but God only. And that's not the to be the case in worship. Worship has a particular purpose. It has a, a reason behind it. It's not just done because God says it and we do it. But it has a reason. It has a purpose. That is to bring edification to all those who are in attendance. Let's go to verses 22 through 25. Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place, and all speak with tongues, and there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say that you are out of your mind? But if all prophesy, and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all. He is convicted by all. And thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Whenever we have visitors come in especially, we want to make sure that what we are doing is for their edification as much as it is for our members. We want someone coming in that, doesn't not, that does not know who God is, to have an understanding when they leave of who God is, of, uh, of the fact that He is real, that we believe that He is real. We don't want them to go away wondering what in the world is, is happening. Again, we're edifying not just our fellow members, but anyone that comes into our assembly. We want to make sure that they have an understanding of what is taking place. Uh, when these gifts are not used properly. When they're not used for the right purpose, when they're not used for edification, then they only serve to cause confusion. And we are not to be confusing in any way. We want to make sure that what we do is in accordance with God's will and that it is understood by all what we are doing. As a matter of fact, especially, I'll give you a good example. At Mars Hill, once a year, we host a troop of the Boy Scouts, and we've talked to them. I know that there's a, a lot of debate as to whether or not we should support the Boy Scouts because of some of the things that they allow. Uh, the troop leader is a member of the church, and we've talked to him, and, and uh, we know that, that anything that is done within this troop is going to be something that is uh, good. It's something that is profitable, and so we allow them to meet in our building. And once a year, they come and worship with us. And there are some of those that attend church services elsewhere, some of them that do not. But when they come into the assembly, I try to make it a point that they understand what our worship is and what we are doing and why we are doing it. We don't want to be the authors of confusion. We want to make sure that we are providing something with an understanding with edification behind it we pick up in verse 26 there's to be order in our meetings in our assemblies how is it then brethren whenever you come together that each of you has a psalm has a teaching has a tongue has a revelation has an interpretation let all things be done for edification If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church, and let him speak to himself and to God. I think we have a a good reference of that today. Um, We see that a lot of our churches, at least in America, and especially in our area, we have... Uh, churches, uh, there's at least one congregation in the Rutherford County area that hosts a congregation of English-speaking members of the church and also Spanish-speaking members of the church. And they bring them together each Sunday morning. They have uh, the, the first part of their worship together in which they sing and they have the Lord's Supper together and there's interpretation involved or there's an Uh, such as in prayer, there's an English prayer and a Spanish prayer uh, until the the two groups separate. And uh, this congregation has an old auditorium that they used to use. And so the Spanish church will go to the old auditorium and have their preaching service there while the English speaking, just go back to um, what we would refer to as normal worship. But they have an interpreter involved. They're not speaking in unknown tongues without interpretation. And so we have a good reference to that even here let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge verse 29 but if anything is revealed to another who sits by let the first keep silent for you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets for god is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints if our worship is confusing in any way it shouldn't be that's not what god intended for it and again we have revealed in these verses the the same thing that we've been studying all the way through uh this lesson edification we need to be edifying we need to be uplifting we need to build one another up anything that causes confusion defeats that purpose and that's not the intent of our worship everything that we do in worship No matter what it is, should be done with edification in mind. We pick up in verses 34 and 35. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. Now, this one is a tough one because there are those that have different views of these verses. There are a lot of congregations around us that have allowed women to serve publicly in worship, and that's not what is said here. And the reason is that we are to keep order in the church. This is a way of keeping order in the church. I've heard it said, and I believe this to be true, that this is not necessarily speaking against women so much as it's speaking to men and saying, you have a responsibility in worship. You have a responsibility to lead, and you need to take that responsibility seriously. It's a way of, of almost forcing men into doing what God wants them to do, forcing them into the role that God wants them to play, not just in their home, but in worship. Men are to lead, and that's the way that God has set forth uh, for that to be in order. Um, and... We're not going to to have time to get into deep detail of that. um, But for the sake of time, let's continue on to the next few verses. Verse 36. Or did the word of God come originally from you? Or was it you only that it reached? If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant... Let him be ignorant. We need to know the commandments of the Lord. We need to know that these things do come from God, not from men. That's all that is meant there by ignorance, just unknowing. Verse 39 Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. Here, those gifts of prophecy and tongues. They were used in the worship. May they be done for edification. But no matter what we do in our worship, even when these things cease to exist, even though uh, we no longer practice these things in our worship today, let all things be done decently and in order. That's a verse that I'm very familiar with from my childhood up. Uh, We were always taught to do things decently and in order, because otherwise... It causes confusion, and it causes our worship to be against the purpose of God. It's no longer uh, for the reason that God set forth for it to be for edification. That's our our main purpose. It's to be building up me. It's also to build up my brethren. That's one of the primary purposes of edification. But if our worship is not done decently and in order, it defeats the purpose of edification Altogether. So we do need to do things for edification. Everything that we do should be done in spirit and understanding. What we do in worship should be used correctly in order that it doesn't cause confusion in the church. And we need to make sure that we keep proper order in our worship, that it is for the right purpose, that women are silent in the worship just as God intended for it to be, And all things should be done decently and in order. In order to make sure that our worship is what God intends for it to be, that it is pleasing unto Him. I I hope that this has been a good study for you. It's been been a good study for me. And I'm looking forward to uh, changing our subject, Lord willing, next week. We've been doing this for quite a long time, it seems like. Uh, So I'm looking forward to a new subject. Uh, in our studies in the future but i thank you for joining with me today Um, stick around for just a moment we'll take a brief break and i will be back to give you more information about our congregation and about how you may contact us On behalf of myself and the Mars Hill Church of Christ, we thank you for joining us. We hope you will be back with us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. right here on the Gospel Radio Network at TGRN.org. If you would like to contact us, our phone number is 615-203-3637. If you would like to find out more about our congregation, Our website is www.marshillcoc.org. Our email address is marshillcoc at gmail.com. And if you would like to contact us the old-fashioned way, our address is 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. If you are in our area, we would love to meet you in person. Our service times are 9 a.m. for Bible study and 10 a.m. for worship on Sunday mornings. Thank you again for joining us, and until we meet again, may God bless you.